0: Have money in an account for that check to be valid or a bounce. The Fed doesn't have money in an account. They print the money at thin air, like magic, write a check, and then they get the bond from the government's bond with money that didn't exist. And then the government promises to pay back the Fed for that bond when they bought it with money that didn't exist. And how do they pay it back? I promise you, Fed, that over the next 30 years, I will tax every American citizen. I will take their money and I will use it to pay you back plus interest. That is where your tax money goes, to pay back these people who bought a bond with money that didn't exist. That is conspiracy. And it was a damn good one.
1: Hey, everybody, if you're looking for new fitness equipment to add to what you have and you want to find something that really complements the steel mace that you're swinging already, consider going with freedomstrength.us. They have strongman sandbags, throwing sandbags, uh, all kinds of lifting gear. They have training sandbags, resistance bands, and weight vests, and they have apparel. And if you use the discount code SMN10 at checkout, you're going to get 10% off. You're going to help support the podcast. And you're going to help support a good American company right in Pennsylvania, U.S. of A. So check out freedomstrength.us. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm really excited to have sort of a unique guest to the show, uh somebody who actually owns a business selling like books and stuff for children. His name is Brett Pike. He started his business 3 years ago. It's called Classical Learner Homeschooling. And Brett, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you coming on. You showed up in my my Instagram feeds. I guess due to algorithms and I keyed in on what you're doing. Uh, I think you have a great uh, program uh, and I'm looking at it and this is selfish reasons because I have a kid and I'm going to pick the owner's brain right now to figure out, uh, you know, what to buy from you for my kid and stuff like that. But anyway, thanks for coming on to the show.
0: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. You know, everyone talks about freedom and they want to yell at Nancy Pelosi, but the truth is, we take our freedom back through what you just mentioned we have families we have children we raise them right look out 20 years and we'll be in a much better position
1: yes and that's what i like about you're you're a rather young guy and you have a great instagram beautiful um advice for people i love all this stuff you're, you're like a fountain of knowledge where did you get all this stuff from
0: uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm the founder of knowledge, but I, I do my research and I, um, you know, I don't spend my time watching Netflix. I don't spend my time watching football and all the nonsense that they put out to distract us that has really been weaponized against us, has been weaponized against my children. And for me, because I used to love that stuff, but that transition got easier when I would put on the football game. I loved it. I was the biggest Patriot fan growing up. I'd put on the football game and I'd see the commercials and I'd say, wait a second, this is being weaponized against my children. Mm. And in a lot of ways, it would be similar to supporting an invading army. And to me, that's treacherous, that's treasonous. And we can be better as, specifically as men, that we need to be leaders and we need to turn off Netflix, turn off football and start focusing on the things that are really important, which You had emailed me about building parallel systems and that's true masculinity, not that Andrew Tate nonsense, building parallel systems that position our children so that they can win in the future fight because there will be
1: a future fight. Yes. I, you know what you hit the nail on the head on that point. When I try to talk to people, it's very difficult. People are set in their ways and they don't want to face the reality it seems and, and i always feel like i'm going uphill but if they have kids i always say to them don't you care about your kids future like don't you really care aren't you willing on laying your everything you got on the line right now to ensure that they have a proper future and then i at least get their attention that way but isn't that really what it's all about worrying about the not just our children but everybody's uh children the, the, the our future of mankind right yeah i forgot who said it i think it was i think it was stalin uh don't quote
0: me on that but he said give me a child for the first seven years and i can show you the man yeah. and when we take our children out of the home when they tell all the women the young girls in society that you know freedom is working for a corporate boss that will kick you on the butt after 45 years and give you a watch. Freedom is a Prada bag. Um, what they're really doing is they're separating the heart of our nation, the soul of our nation, which is mothers raising children from those children. And when, when that happens, the state is able to mold them into what they want. So by the time your child is seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, there are certain assumptions about the world that have been so ingrained in them by every, by every authoritative figure that that programming becomes very difficult to deconstruct. And I've seen it in children. Mothers have come to me. Children as young as six who their minds are already closed by the system. And that's what we can't allow to happen because it happens
1: fast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because that's a big concern of mine. I see the brainwashing going on. Maybe not brainwashing. I'm just using a sort of a, a vague term or whatever, but – um, it's definitely a, a organized state propaganda system. So now you started your business three years ago. That was right before COVID started? Uh, I think a, a little bit beforehand. Okay. Bit
0: beforehand, which I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. I, I had a bachelor's degree in history education. I had a master's degree in special education. I I did well in that. I graduated with a 4.0 GPA. I know that's douchey, but it, it is relevant. Um, so I came through that system. I understood that system. And then when I got into it, I didn't like what I saw. And I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I knew I was going to homeschool because I had seen enough. And I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll teach other people how to homeschool. And I started doing one-on-one consultations. And turned out there was a big demand for that, which I didn't know there would be and I was working with a lot of families, and then just one thing led to another. So I went from there to building out essentially my own app, which I didn't know where that was going either, where I was really just sharing knowledge on the app. And starting January 1st of this year, we started to build out original lesson plans, original unit studies, original courses that I teach on the Bill of Rights and propaganda and where we come from and how to identify manipulation from the system so that our children aren't completely blind going into a predatory world that is going to target them. And one thing has led to another. And, I mean, we have seen massive growth growth this year. You know, I think um, God never gives us more than we can handle. And, you know, I'm walking the path I'm supposed to walk right now, and it's been a blessing.
1: Okay, yeah, so since all this craziness started, you've seen a big uptick. So people are waking up and they're looking for alternatives and they're looking toward your your company.
0: Well, not just my company, they're looking toward homeschooling in general because there's so many great homeschooling companies out there. The Good and the Beautiful does a fantastic job. Classical Conversations does a fantastic job. And March of 2020, before they rolled out all of the nonsense there were 3 million homeschoolers in the United States of America. Right now, there are over 11 million. This is the fastest growing grassroots freedom movement in
1: modern American history. Wow, that is insane. From 3 million to 11 million. Now, that 3 million number, was that like a steady number going back, like say for 10 years or 20 years? Was it always like around three, 3 million? I'd have to look at the numbers, but yes, in
0: general, um, there was a certain segment of the population around that number that homeschooled. But in March of 2020, everyone got to see what the system really is. Everyone saw every corporation in America, hook, line, and sinker, push the agenda of the banks that fund them. And everyone saw what the school system really is because their children were home. And it got so bad that the schools were saying, oh, no, the parents aren't allowed to watch the Zoom classes because the parents (laughs) what did you teach my child? Right. Once you see it, I would say people think, oh, like, what happened was so bad. No, everything that God allows to happen is a revelation. It reveals. And when the devil kicks you out of hell, don't complain about it. You just smile and keep on walking, and that's what people are doing, and they are homeschooling and taking control of our future, their children's future, our nation's future, our country's future, and that's how we
1: win. Yeah, that's that's insane. That's that's a large growth spur. And um it and we're talking about setting up a parallel economy to what's going on. Instead of instead of fighting against this entrenched system that will go to no ends to defend itself, even if it means crushing everybody else, instead of Getting caught up in that, what if we all just turn to each other, circle the wagons, right, and say, hey, how do we just do business amongst ourselves? And I've seen this happen with a lot of other uh, places. There's um, there's a mobile phone company called Patriot Mobile that has Christian values, and even if you're not a Christian, um, it's still a good company to do business with because they, they have actual values that they follow. They're going to do business – they're gonna have to get a profit and all that stuff, but they're gonna think about what what they're doing, where their money's going, things like that. So it's not just you, you know. There's other industries that are turning in this direction, and what you're offering is really the grassroots stuff, like how do how do we get our kids up to speed? But you want to know something else, Brett? I'm looking through your Instagram, and you got uh, science, uh, finance stuff. You have How money is created, okay? You have how money is created, and there's adults that don't even know how money is created. So they can can learn from your books too. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody, but everybody just thinks, oh, you know, it's there at the bank. They don't realize where money actually comes from and how insidious the whole thing is. Um, Also, you have interesting things like Logical fallacies, right? So you're teaching critical thinking skills here. Um, One thing that I keyed in on, uh, you mentioned that we're taught to root for politics, like it's a football team, and not to really go beyond that. So you pick a side, and then that's how they control you. It's like a divide and conquer plan that they use to control the population, I was wondering, did you ever read the uh, history book, People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn? I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, he was a liberal, and uh, it was quite a book. And um, he basically showed all the dirt on the United States. It was a history book where it was from the poor people's perspective, not from the conquering heroes of history. But the problem was what he was trying to do was just teach people that there's a whole other side to this not to create division but the the right conservative really took it the wrong way they took it as like almost like a Marxist attack on the country but it it wasn't like you you mentioned Ben Franklin had dead people and dead bodies in his basement which I'd never heard about that before and um can you can you elaborate on that a little bit
0: yeah and I, I like Ben Franklin no he's yeah, you- great. Historians were going through his house and uh, (laughs) they came across something they didn't expect. Now, in Ben Franklin's defense, I mean, he, you know, I mean, it could be bad, but the argument is basically that in those days, they didn't let people do, um, they didn't allow autopsies the way they do now, and they didn't allow the study of the human body. And he had such an inquisitive mind that he was trying to better understand the human body. Now, that could be true. It might not be. I, I tend to like Ben Franklin. So maybe I give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't want someone who, when I was a child, like these people are heroes to you, right? You know, like, oh, was he a serial killer? But, you know, when I think <laughs> about the founding fathers, because ultimately, like there's so many narratives around it and you can look at it and you can say, well, all the founding fathers were Freemasons. If you look at the physical layout of Um, Washington, D.C. from an aerial view from a drone, it literally is um, Freemason symbology. So you say, were these guys good? Were these guys bad? So ultimately, when I break it down, the same way I judge a man, I say, what was your fruit? So when I look at the founding fathers, I say they gave us documents that are among the most liberating, powerful, empowering documents in the history of humanity. So I look back and I say, because a lot of it, the occult, right? How do you understand the Freemasons and the Illuminati? And for anyone who's like, this guy doesn't know what I'm talking about. No, you don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, how do you cut through all this stuff? Because it is hidden. And to me, I say, okay, well, you know, yeah, maybe Ben Franklin might have had dead bodies in his basement, but he sure gave me a good document. And that gives me a leg to stand on in this modern world. And um, to me, that's how we, we judge these things.
1: Okay, yeah. So, yeah, this is where critical thinking comes in. Instead of just saying right, wrong, left, right, up, down, you, there's, there's this area in between. It's very common. What's up, everybody? Are you in the market for a new steel mace? Look no further than Adex Maces and Clubs. Go to AdexClub.com, place your order, and have them delivered right to your house. Adjustable steel mace made right here in the United States. Complicated, we have to take into account our current position, and we know that every human is essentially uh, a fallen person, they all make mistakes, they all do wrong, right? But I guess, yeah, I guess if a serial killer knocked on your door and you just saw him on the news as the serial killer and you're ready to turn him in, and he says, Listen, this orphanage down the street is on fire, and you got to come help me save all the kids. I guess you're not going to turn them in right now, are you? You're going to kind of say, hey, this guy at least wants to save some kids, right? Yeah, no, it's a good analogy that, you know, you have to look at
0: information for what it is. You talk about the Civil War, right? Look, the Civil War is a great example because everyone's familiar with it. So it's one I like to use. But why is Abraham Lincoln, right? Why is Abraham Lincoln a hero and King George III, the ultimate villain in history? What mm-hmm. is when you actually look at what are their similarities and what are their differences, why didn't the South have the right to say that this union is no longer working for us and we need to walk away? But at the same time, I can look at the South and I could say, yeah, you know you were doing some things that were were not good and I could criticize both sides and think about it critically without being emotional like no, this these were the good guys and these were the bad guys. Like that's not a, an honest look at historical, events. And when children study history, they should be reading Abraham Lincoln and they should be reading Stonewall Jackson. And then here's a crazy thought. When they go over all the primary documents, they can make up their own mind about what happened and they can make up their own mind of who the quote unquote good guys were and who the bad guys were. Not that I like that because, you know, we're stuck in this Marvel mentality of there's always a good guy and a bad guy. Like, I could point out someone like Adolf Hitler, and sure, he was certainly a bad guy, but I could show you what Winston Churchill did and, and what FDR did. And these were bad guys, too, right? Yes. Some in history, they're all bad guys. In fact, mo- uh, one of the things that got people triggered is I did a post about Vlad the Impaler, which I-, I had no idea this of all topics would trigger people. And I just pointed out that Vlad the Impaler, you know, he put 100,000 people on stakes through their rears and out their mouths, like really grotesque stuff. Um, You know, he was a rather vicious, violent man. He was so feared that he literally, Vlad the Impaler took a golden cup and he left it in the middle of town. And this was worth millions of dollars, this cup. And he left it unguarded in the middle of town. And no one took it. And he did that to show that no one would dare cross him because if you got caught with that cup, What that man would have done to you, he would have peeled your skin back piece by piece in front of the whole, you know. Um, So anyway, I make this post and they're, oh, Vlad the Impaler, um, you know, he's a bad guy. And then all these guys, how dare you talk about Vlad the Impaler? Don't you know why he was doing that? It was because the Muslims. It was because the Ottoman Empire. And I was like, I didn't say anything about the Muslims or the Ottoman Empire. You know, pointing out that Vlad the Impaler had bad aspects to him doesn't mean I was supporting his enemies. It doesn't mean I was saying his enemies are all good. But you've been trained to think, like a football team, sort of like, oh, if you're saying Vlad the Impaler was bad, you must be saying the Ottoman Empire was good. And It's like, man, this is why you're so easy to control. This is, you know, this is propaganda 101.
1: Yeah. Brett, is there a better term for... Conspiracy theorists. Is there a better way to explain what those people are? Because it's got such a. I always. This is how I always address it. So and so is a conspiracy theorist, but you know, not not uh, false conspiracies, like real conspiracies. You know, you have to like you have to address it like this. Otherwise, people just automatically assume you're full of shit or whatever. And and so how do we? How do we? Is there a better term? Yeah, I actually heard someone. Do a talk on this, and it was a
0: really great explanation of what or a better term for a conspiracy theorist, and that is intelligence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh we better just stick with conspiracy theorists. That one's not gonna work.
0: (laughs) Well, if you if you really look at his if you look at politics, right? For anyone that's like you're a conspiracy theorist, it's like, do you have any ability to think? Because if you look at politics. What do you think all these super PACs are? What do you think all of the, um, all this lobbying money is that you don't see about that happens behind the scenes? These are people with money and power and influence conspiring behind the scenes to do, carry out whatever agenda they want to carry out to give them more money, to give them more power, to give them more social status. So, literally, all of politics, everything happening in front of you is conspiracy. So to be like, you're a conspiracy, That's like, what are you talking about? You're like, I mean, what part of history do you want to break down that someone would think isn't a conspiracy? I literally just talked about the founding fathers, right? And for people that are like, oh, they're, no, they were they're all like, you could read the writings of George Washington. They were all Freemasons. What is Freemasonry? Freemasonry will tell you that we're not a secret society. We're a society with secrets. What is a society with secrets? They are a conspiracy i mean you look at we talked about the federal reserve banking system which i could break down and i really like to point out i really like to point out our own culpability in america's debt because it's easy to point out oh look at the fed look at what they're doing no i've contributed to america's debt i've contributed to the problem with our financial system and i could break that down but when you look at the roots of the banking system which that's why people like they're like left-right politics. All of these people are puppets. I, and I know it's, it's such a hard concept for people to get, but like these people are puppets. They serve the banks. They serve who funds them. And when you look at the epistemology of the banking system and you get into where it comes from, you had you go back uh, 300 years and you had Meyer Amstel Rothschild who had five sons and he sent them to different countries throughout the world in strategic locations. And they started central banks in five different countries, and they used that um, to push their globalist agenda, not quite what it was now, but um, and to give them control over these nations. The famous quote, um, give me the ability to print the money, and I care not who makes the country's laws, because I'm in control. And the Rothschild, he said that. Well, then you go to the formation of the Federal Reserve Bank, right, in the United States of America. This is all well-documented. I wrote a book on this. So when the Federal Reserve Bank came about in 1913, it was passed the same week as the federal income tax. That's not a mistake. We'll get into why that was. Well, what happened was the um, J.P. Morgan and his family, the man, not the banking institution, J.P. Morgan, um, Rockefeller, the Rothschilds over in Europe, I think the Astors, um, they had a meeting in Jekyll Island in Georgia, and they said, how can we restructure the banking system that makes it more advantageous to us? Because they were already very powerful competing factions in banking. They said, why don't we get together and do something that works for all of us? So they said, okay, you get their lobbyists, right? And ultimately, Nelson Aldridge proposes these um, this legislation to create the Federal Reserve System. Now, Nelson Aldridge, he... Um, you want to talk about real power and how this stuff works. Nelson Aldridge's daughter married Rockefeller's son. So they, he married him into royalty and Nelson Aldridge, um, puts forth this legislation and you have the creation of the federal reserve bank. This is all conspiracy, right? This is how this happened. Now, what is the federal reserve bank? How does it function? People always say the fed, the fed, um, this will be a finance one-on-one and you'll understand this better than you've ever understood in your life. And 99% of people understand where does money comes from. So when the United States needs money, because we all vote for social programs and wars and public works, like we're like, we need to spend the money. We need to spend them. Right. So we all vote for this stuff and the treasury issues a treasury bond. And then those smaller banks come along and they, these are big banks, but they're smaller than the fed. They come along And they buy that treasury bond from the federal government. And the government says, okay, you give us money. And we promise we will pay back the full cost of that bond plus interest. Well, the banks say, yeah, but we can do better right now. So the banks turn around and they go to the Federal Reserve Bank. And they say, we have this treasury bond. The government has to pay it back in 30 years. We're going to sell it to you. And the Fed says, yeah, we'll take that bond. We'd like the uh, promise from the federal government that we'll get paid back plus interest in 30 years. So the Fed writes a check and they buys the bond. Here's the kicker. When you write a check for something, you have to have money in an account, right? Like if you go to the store and write a check, you have to have money in an account for that check to be valid or it'll bounce. The Fed doesn't have money in an account. They print the money at thin air like, Magic, write a check, and then they get the bond from the government's bond with money that didn't exist. And then the government promises to pay back the Fed for that bond when they bought it with money that didn't exist. And how do they pay it back? I promise you, Fed, that over the next 30 years, I will tax every American citizen, I will take their money and I will use it to pay you back plus interest. That is where your tax money goes. To pay back these people who bought a bond with money that didn't exist. That is conspiracy. And it was a damn good one because it worked out well for these people. Now, people say, oh, well, that's not fair. That's bullshit. Well, okay. Let's talk about my culpability in this. Let's talk about your culpability in this. Let's talk about personal responsibility. So, Every time you make money, you make $100 and you go to the bank, you take that $100 and you deposit it into the bank. Now, you think you're giving them money to hold. You're not. A deposit, legally speaking, is a loan. You loaned the bank $100. Now, under the law of fractional reserve banking, there it's a 10% rule. So they have to keep 10% of the money you gave them in the bank. So they take $10 of that 100 they put it in a safe. Okay. They then take $90 of that hundred and they could loan it out to the next guy who um, wants a mortgage or whatever, right? We're using simple numbers, but you know, he he wants a loan. They can loan out that $90. All they have to do is they write what's called a bank credit. So now you who deposited that hundred dollars, you have $10 in a safe and a $90 bank credit. And the next guy gets a loan for $90. He takes that money. He buys a house. I know we're using simple numbers. And then he and then what happens? That $90 gets taken and deposited back in the bank. The bank on that 10% rule now takes $9, puts it in a safe. They write an $81 bank credit, and they can loan out $81 to the next guy. They turned that original $100 of currency is now... 271 dollars of currency based on those loans those numbers get typed into a computer screen and new currency new money was just created they didn't loan money that existed um so so when you took out that mortgage you actually gave the government in collaboration with the fed permission to inflate money to print new money and screw your neighbor because when you do that their money is worth less right um so every hundred dollars that gets deposited into the fed becomes a thousand dollars of new currency. And then the fed has to be paid back on the taxes of your labor. And and that's how the financial system really operates. And every single one of us is responsible for it because we all want those fancy things. I want that car. I want that right. house. I want to keep up with them Joneses.
1: Sorry for filibustering, but I wanted to, to get into that. No, that was well delivered. Uh, I, I, I learned a lot from it. It's good to hear this stuff over and over again. I've heard similar before, but it, it people can forget. So So as you ended there, you're pointing out that because people want fancy stuff, they want fancy lives. This is why we all basically subscribe to the system. Because if they didn't do it that way, you'd have to extract gold out of the ground at a rate of maybe 2% or 3% a year, which is – not a lot of growth compared to what they're able to do when they can inflate money. And then and then that gold has to back the dollars that are printed, which wasn't working out for all of them decades ago, which is why they took us off the gold standard. Because I guess we already went broke by, by 1971, right? Basically, World War II had killed one part of the world. Then, then um, the United States kind of went broke. They went off the gold standard. Uh, so they could just print. But we're all addicted to this, right? We're all addicted to this nice, cushy life where we could get free money half the time, right? Well, that's what it is. Everyone
0: everyone wanted that cushy life, right? They wanted that great society, and it sounded so great. They wanted everyone to be able to go to college and take out those loans, and everyone deserves this. Well, it's not fair because this guy's disadvantaged. Well, that that's just the devil, like, Um, tempting people with sin and then the american people they took the ticket yeah and because of that we have the system that we have now and then even when you get the politicians that are like oh we're going to balance the budget they're lying or they're, they're lying or they don't understand the system think about everything i laid out when you take out that mortgage they're creating money that didn't exist debt money is debt there is more debt then there is actual money in the world. There is no system to pay back. And part of the reason people are like, why are we always at war? Why, um, why did they shut down the country and give everyone in America um, communism checks? Well, the reason for that is because they, they, say, they pretend They're like, oh, we don't want inflation. We don't, yes, they do. Because as soon as the economy stops inflating, they don't have the money to pay back the Federal Reserve Bank on those bonds that interest on those bonds and the entire system collapses, they have to find reasons to print more and more money. And they always will, whether it's war, whether it's a sham hammock, you know, I don't want to get you kicked off things. Or whatever, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll rhyme our way through this talk and see how it goes.
1: I like that. It's a sham hammock. Yes. With the, in the needly thing that squirts stuff. Yeah. Big... I want to give you an ouchie. Yes, an ouchie, right? So, Brett, now you're you're providing something that people could take an action with, which is great. With you know, there's a lot of hopelessness sometimes when when you attain the level of um, knowledge, like you're, just, you know, you like you're saying. I'm agreeing with you. I agree with you 100% on everything. There's a whole bunch of us out there, 11 million people subscribing to homeschooling and everything. They all see the the truth now. They all see the big lie. And it could be really depressing because it's like, where are we headed? Where's our children's future headed? And I like it that you're a guy who is providing an action we could all take, which is imperative. I don't know about us adults maybe you know we're going to just have to take the brunt of it but we got to organize our kids now outside of your private homeschooling uh, community and your cubs to bears books and all that stuff do you do you have a an idea of how people can actually truly connect not this crap over the internet which never really goes anywhere how do how do those of us who are awake truly connect? We have about five minutes left, so I mean, take as much time as you want. But is there something we could do?
0: Yeah, I I don't even think the world is dark. I, I don't live in Babylon. Like I said, I don't turn on Netflix. I don't watch I don't watch television. And to me, everything I see, the world is beautiful around me. And not to mention, like I'm contacted by all these amazing families that homeschool. They have like eleven children. They um they homestead, but you want to talk about how to defeat the system. You have to build alternatives. So, where do you get your chicken from? Where do you get your cow meat from? Where do you um get your fruits and vegetables from? Do you shop mom and pop instead of buying from Walmart? If you shrink your supply chain, find 10 people within the area that you live that you could count on all of a sudden and turn off the screen all of a sudden you'll realize, wow, wait a second. The world is beautiful. Like all of that sham stuff that hasn't been in my world for like a year and a half. I, when they, um, rolled out everything in March of 2020, I saw what they were doing with the world. And I said, okay, they're trying to control people with financial leverage. It's powerful. I had a mortgage. I, like I said, I contributed to America's debt. I, you know, I, I had to be a fancy boy. So I had the, the house and the white picket fence and, you know, the, the well-paying job in the affluent county in, in Long Island, New York, right? Like, whoa, you know. And I said, wait a second. They're trying to control people with uh, financial leverage. So I told my wife, I said, I think it's time we have to sell the house. And for anyone that is actually masculine, they know that a woman will follow a strong, moral man. So my wife was all for it. She said, all right, if that's what you think we should do, let's do it. We sold our house. I also looked her in the eyes five minutes into the sham thing. And I said, I said, let's have a baby. And, you know, I did not want to brag, but she was pregnant a month later. So, you know. (laughs) know,
1: know, Congratulations.
0: You know, but um, (laughs) got some strong swimmers going on there. But So I got her pregnant and we put our house on the market. We sold it, moved across the country so I could buy farmland and we could live out of debt. Stop keeping up with the Joneses, and it's you know I had an advantage. Like I understand people, you know everyone has different situation, but I I used that New York money. I took it down south where things are cheaper, and and by the way, I'm the type of person they want coming down south. All right, I'm not your liberal, so don't give me the oh you're New Yorker go to down south. Okay, they love me. Yeah, so I took my New York money. I brought it down south. I bought land, um, out no debt. So and now I homestead. I grow my own food, I homeschool my children, I'm a devoted husband, I'm a protector of my family, I raise my children right, Uh, we learn our rights, we look into things like common law, the Organic Act of 1871, um, what is the bill of rights, how do you properly speak with a police officer, understand your rights, really learn them and take personal responsibility, and then start to build community. So one of the things I do with my homeschooling is it's actually a community of like-minded people. and people have meetups, and um, they get together. they homeschool their children together. They homestead, they farm. They're not reliant on Trader Joe's. And I'm also a member of a community, the Bear Community, put together by Owen Benjamin. Don't read his Wikipedia. It will tell you he's the devil, but he's actually a friend of mine, and he's a really good guy. Also homesteads, raises his children, and um, he's a great guy. So, Owen has this bear community, and I actually just went to a meetup in Missouri. And when I was there, you wouldn't believe the beauty of it. There were probably a thousand families there. Uh, everyone had children. And when I say children, everyone had like four or five children. The children are running around. Everyone's talking about homesteading and farming. Everyone has small businesses. They're, hand- they're you know, I'm taking people's cards and saying, let me get your card. When I need to buy something, I'm gonna buy it online from your small business because I know you're a good guy and I'd rather pay you more money to get something than pay Walmart less money to, people talk about the Chinese invasion, that's the invasion.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the invasion, it's an economic warfare. So shrink your supply chains, no 10 people within your immediate radius, take personal responsibility, reject keeping up with the Joneses, be a husband, be a wife, start small businesses, support one another, homeschool your kids. And all of a sudden, and, and turn off Netflix, and all of a sudden, you'll be like, I don't need – what are people talking about that these are dark times? Like, if you saw the world through my eyes, you'd be like, this is the best time ever. This is – we're crushing.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. That's – that. I love it. I love the positive attitude. I think that's a message a lot of people need to hear. Brett, uh, how do people get in touch with you if they have any questions? Um, and also, I just want to say, you should start a podcast because you got so much knowledge. You're a good talker um you could share that information with people on another level but that's up to you you think about that if you do start one let me know and come back on and tell us but yeah let us know uh, how to get in touch with you and what's your website
0: yeah well i do live stream every day um, okay nine to 12 in the morning varying um on tiktok monday through thursday that's you know i talk about homeschooling but um i don't really get into the gravy as much but um, you can find me at www.classicalowner.com, our private homeschool community, as I call it, because I understand how the people that try to control the system attack people with language. Our private homeschool community is called Homeschools Connected. And if you join it, use the discount code FREEDOM. It's $10 a month. You get access to all of the lesson plans I put out, all of the unit studies I put out, all of the courses I put out I um, sporadically when I announce it actually teach live courses for the children I actually think I'm going to start a new one wow. on the logical fallacies either next this week or next week which I'm pretty excited about I, and you get access to our community and, and when I say like when I put out I didn't even get that much into educational philosophy but when I talk about it's more than being awake it's about how you teach your child how you turn your child into, a critical thinker, how you sharpen your child's discernment, how you develop real world skills in your children so that they are capable of doing things in the world and they don't feel like they have to be dependent on a college degree. They don't have to be dependent on a corporate boss and how, and we really stress this, to get your child, an entire childhood filled with entrepreneurial experience so that They have the experience, they have the knowledge, and they have the abundance mindset to know that they can do things in this world so that when they're 18, they don't have to be reliant on the government. They don't have to be reliant on corporations. They don't even have to be reliant on you as the parent. They understand, they have the skill set, they have the experience, they have the confidence to know that they can do business things in the world and they can live truly free and independent lives.
1: Excellent. Brett Pike, everybody. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Thanks for having me. All right. That was awesome, man.